So these photographers end up making much less than a minimum wage, oftentimes working for free because they have either made up the numbers or tried to undercut other photographers, which is actually what I think goes on most of the time. Hey there, welcome to the Complete Wedding Photography for Couples podcast. Do you know that the number one regret for most couples after their wedding is usually their photographs? Tammy will share all the knowledge and expertise she has gained over the years to help you get the very best wedding images from your photographer. The conversations on this podcast are going to help you understand how almost every decision you make for your wedding day directly affects your photographer. Tammy is going to give you the knowledge and awareness you need to create a nearly perfect position for your photographer to be in on your wedding day. And that means better images for you to remember your special milestone. Tammy Blaylock is an internationally awarded, nationally featured wedding photographer and published author. Since 2010, she has excelled in helping each of her couples capture beautiful, emotive images from their big day. Tammy wants your wedding day to be as perfect as you do. So tune in and listen up, because this episode's about to begin. Hello, and a very warm welcome to everyone who is tuning in today to my little corner of this huge, exciting educational podcast world. So thank you so much for listening to me today, setting aside a little bit of your personal time just for me in order to learn how to set your wedding photographer up for success and how to eliminate all the obstacles and challenges you didn't even know you were creating for your wedding photographer. I am so happy that you're here. Did you know that this podcast and the book that accompanies this podcast were recently nominated for an ILEA, I-L-E-A, ILEA, that is the International Live Events Association. The book and the podcast were recently nominated for an ILEA Esprit Award for Best Industry Contribution. I will find out on August 19th if we win. So this is on the international award stage. So just to backtrack a tiny bit, the podcast and the book won a local Antonian Award this past January. And the Antonians is an award banquet local to San Antonio and the live event and wedding industry. Then in March, the podcast and book won a Texas Star Award. And this is basically for Texas and all of the Southwest region of the ILEA chapters in the United States. But now the book and the podcast are up for an International Esprit Award for Best Industry Contribution. And I really, really hope that I get to win this category because I already know that the podcast and the book are really best industry contribution. I share so much information here for all the couples who are planning their wedding. If they take into account all of my advice, their wedding day images and their wedding experience with their photographer has to be improved. It just has to because I am sharing literally everything that I have learned in my 12 plus years shooting weddings for my couples. So here you go. Let's dive into today's topic. 
Misconceptions about wedding photography. So this comes from a chapter straight out of my book, and I am going to hopefully debunk five misconceptions that either you have heard, you believe, or someone might tell you about wedding photography. So number one, anyone can photograph weddings, including your Uncle Bob. Just real quick here, Uncle Bob is a fictional character in the wedding industry that other photographers like to refer to when there is someone at your wedding who sometimes, a lot of times, has a more expensive camera than the wedding photographer and is looking to photograph everything, like the entire day, either over our shoulder, sometimes they're that intrusive, or from just to our right or left sides. They follow us around all the day. They shadow us. They are Uncle Bob. They are a lot of times trying to break into the wedding photography world, or sometimes they're just very loving relatives of yours who thinks that they are doing a favor for you, or sometimes they're just someone who loves taking pictures. But Uncle Bob is this person that we refer to. So you may not have an actual Uncle Bob, but you might have an Uncle Bob at your wedding. Now, in addition to the camera, there is a whole slew of other skills required to produce professional quality wedding images. And a professional wedding photographer should have a good understanding of lighting, composition, posing, and timing in addition to also having professional equipment. An experienced wedding photographer will know how to solve unexpected problems and deal with them in a professional manner. They will also be able to face each moment of the day with forethought. Simply put, they just won't be reacting to your day as it unfolds. They will be proactively waiting for moments to unfold. And there is a difference. There is a big difference. An experienced wedding photographer will know what lens to use and in what situations without any fumbling. They will know where they need to move their light stands in advance of a timeline event. You know, they won't just start shooting a moment thinking, oh yeah, I definitely could have used some off-camera flash here. A good wedding photographer will know that ahead of time and will have had their assistant or their second shooter or themselves moved light stands prior to that little event on the timeline happening so that they have good light when they photograph that part of the day. They will know how to watch for emotion and connection between people and they will be able to anticipate when the most tender of moments is going to unfold and then capture that. Because I have to tell you, good wedding photographers are the best people watchers. And being a great family photographer or commercial photographer or landscape photographer does not necessarily translate into being a great wedding photographer. Being a wedding photographer means constantly adapting to changing lighting scenarios. Uh, One minute you might be in a bride's getting ready room with lots of windows and plenty of natural light. 
But then three minutes later, you might find yourself taking detail shots in a ballroom with zero windows and only lit by candlelight. So a good wedding photographer has to know how to quickly adjust for these very drastic lighting situations. They will be prepared for everything that is going to happen but a good wedding photographer will also be prepared for everything that no one expects to happen. And they will know how to quickly change gears to make sure that they are capturing this chaos. So in most instances, your Uncle Bob is not qualified to shoot your wedding. And I don't care how nice of a camera he has, because check it out, listen to number two here. It is not all about the camera. The best camera will not automatically produce the best images. A $6,500 camera is useless in the hands of someone who doesn't have adequate photography experience or knowledge. It is impossible to produce stellar work simply by placing the camera on automatic mode and cutting loose. I mean, a wedding photographer could get lucky, you know, one out of every several hundred images that they take, possibly. But spraying and praying is not an option when a client is paying you to capture a special moment. And while a professional camera and professional lenses are capable of producing better images, it's ultimately the photographer or the person behind the camera who is responsible for the entire outcome of the image. Photography is a skill in which one should never stop learning. There's so much going on than just what the camera needs to record. The camera doesn't have a dial control for, oh, let me put it on a perfect pose for this body type, or the camera doesn't have a button for awesome lighting in this situation. These are all external skills that the photographer needs to be able to possess and correctly use in order to produce better images. It's just not about the camera. I guess the person operating the camera needs to be smarter than the camera in order to make great wedding images. So someone who doesn't understand all of the complexities of wedding photography will never take great wedding images, no matter how good, how expensive, or even how exclusive their camera is. Hey, real quick, guys, if you are loving this episode, can I please ask you to share a screenshot from wherever you're listening and post that up on your Instagram story and tag either Complete Wedding Ed or Add a Girl Photo. And just a quick reminder, this book is available on Amazon and it's Prime eligible and you can find this chapter and so much more in my book. And lastly, if you ever have a topic you'd like me to cover or a specific question you'd like me to answer, all you have to do is send me an email at Tammy, T-A-M-M-Y, at atagirlphoto.com. All right, let's get back to the episode. Number three, this is a very popular 
misconception. You need the raw files. First of all, if you're unsure what a raw file is, you probably don't need it. A raw file is not an image that has not been edited or post-processed. It does not mean it is straight out of the camera. And I come across this assumption often that the raw is just an image that hasn't been edited. That is incorrect. Raw is actually a file format, just like you have Excel spreadsheets, just like you have Word documents, just like you have JPEGs for images. Raw is an additional file format for an image. And basically, it's a series of complex information that your camera stores when it records an image. And until it is converted into a flat piece of information, a JPEG, a TIFF, a bitmap, whatever, it is easier, it is much easier actually to manipulate and much more forgiving about that manipulation to alter or improve the appearance of the final image. So I like to explain a raw image to my clients in terms of still having all of my raw cake ingredients in a bowl. So since I haven't baked my cake yet, I can, you know, dip my finger in there and taste it. And if I need to, if I think I need to add sugar or milk or some more chocolate, at this point, I can do that because I haven't baked the cake yet. I haven't converted it into a solid piece of food or a flat piece of information. But after I bake it or convert it from that raw file to a JPEG, it becomes much harder and a lot less forgiving to manipulate certain aspects of the image without also degrading the quality of the image. So just like you couldn't easily add sugar or milk to a cake after it's baked, the same is true with raw files. They are much more forgiving in terms of post-processing and can be pushed much further than a flat JPEG. And only certain types of softwares are capable of viewing and working with raw files. Raw files tend to be very large. For example, each raw file recorded by my camera is about 20 megabytes. For comparison, the JPEG that I export for printing for my clients usually varies between one megabyte and eight megabytes. And where it will be printed determines the final size of the JPEG. But I keep a backup of each and every raw file and the JPEG image that I export. I have a super speedy computer processor so that I can work with these huge files. And I have multiple multi-terabyte drives to store these images and back them up on. So as a visual, having access to your wedding photographer's raw files would be the same as having access to DaVinci's paint samples, brushes, and creative imagination. Unless you are DaVinci, his, you know, his paint samples, brushes, and imagination will do you no good. And the same can be said for raw files. The same is true for raw files. Unless you have your wedding photographer's creative imagination, their years of experience of editing wedding images, the same software, the same workflow, 
your the image that you would produce from the raw will never look like the image that they will produce from the raw. And if you are hiring them because you fell in love with the way their wedding photography style, you don't need their raws. All right. Misconception number four, you need to give your photographer a detailed shot list. This is just crazy. You do not need to provide your wedding photographer with a list of 248 images you would like captured on your wedding day. Most likely, a detailed shot list is overkill and will wind up causing undue stress for the photographer who will constantly have to worry if they've covered your requested shots. I know it would me. Um, well, actually it wouldn't because I would never accept a detailed shot list like that. If you have taken the time to research your wedding photographer's portfolio and ask to view complete wedding day coverages before you've hired them, then you should already be familiar with the shots that you are going to receive from them. A detailed shot list like this usually hampers a wedding photographer's creativity and neither the couple nor the photographer is happy with the resulting work. So if you fell in love with a wedding photographer, if you love their work, you love their style, just let them do their thing. Don't put any roadblocks up in front of them that is going to keep them from doing their normal spectacular job. All right, and the last misconception that we are going to debunk today is number five. Wedding photographers make up prices and charge way too much. So I know that I have painstakingly looked at my dedication, my experience, my overhead, my cost of goods, my workflow, my equipment, uh, my software, my training and education, and even the demand, how how many inquiries I'm receiving, and I have used actual mathematical formulas to set the prices for my wedding collections. I have also networked with other professional photographers to ensure that my prices are comparable and fair. So if you feel your prospective wedding photographer is just pulling numbers out of thin air, Ask them to substantiate their costs. If they have used logic to arrive at their numbers, they shouldn't have any problem sharing that with you. And just as a sidebar, I cringe every time I hear of a photographer charging just a few hundred dollars for multiple hours of wedding coverage. For each hour that I cover a wedding, I know that I have at least six hours of work. So a 10-hour wedding is actually about 60 hours of work for me or more. So a 10-hour wedding is actually at least 60 hours of work for me or more. Let's look at an example. If someone is charging $250 for a four-hour wedding coverage, let's assume that it's also going to take them about six hours of work for every hour that they're shooting. So that four hour wedding that they're shooting is actually about 24 hours of work. So in this case, the $250 that they charged their couple to shoot a wedding 
divided by 24 hours of work, they are grossing about $10.41 an hour. Now from that $250, Uncle Sam will expect about $75 in federal self-employment taxes, depending you know how creative their CPA or accountant can get, but it's usually about 20 to 25% on self-employment taxes. And the state of Texas will expect an additional $20.62 in state sales tax. And then whatever county they're living in will also expect an annual property taxes to be paid on the value of that company's assets, their equipment, furniture, inventory, and other property. So the $250 wedding photographer that you are thinking about hiring is actually making about $6.43 an hour, which will also be used to pay for the business expenses like equipment, insurance, marketing collateral, business cards, website, hosting, before they can pay themselves. So these photographers end up making much less than a minimum wage, oftentimes working for free, because they have either made up the numbers or tried to undercut other photographers, which is actually what I think goes on most of the time. However, when a wedding photographer is continually working for less than minimum wage or for free, there is a time when they come to realize this. This leads to burnout. This leads to resentment towards towards their clients for working so hard for so little reward. And who suffers in this? Who suffers? The couples suffer because then you end up receiving subpar images, a subpar service, and even subpar product. You are not getting the experience that you deserve. So whenever a wedding photographer gives you their price, if it seems too good to be true, ask them how they arrive at that number. Or even if you think it's too expensive, we can even do this on the flip side. If you feel that a wedding photographer's prices are too high, ask them to substantiate their prices. And if they have, like I said, if they have used actual math to arrive at the prices they charge, they shouldn't have any problem sharing that with you. That is it for today, guys. I hope I have debunked a few myths about wedding photography and that these debunked misconceptions will help you to make better decisions about the wedding photography on your special day. All right, guys, the only way this podcast grows is if you share it. I need your grassroots help. It's only going to grow if listeners like you help me by sharing on your Instagram story. So please do that. And again, tag either Complete Wedding Ed or Add a Girl Photo. Another way you can help is by subscribing and or leaving a review. This will help me to organically get out in front of other potential listeners. You can also hit that support the show link at the bottom of the show notes. I would be grateful for whatever kind of help you're willing to give me. If you want to know more about the book, the podcast, or my wedding photography, all you have to do is log on to completeweddinged.com or atagirlphoto.com. All the links to all the things are in my show notes. Again, thank you so much for listening today. I am so happy that you are here. I hope that you have an astonishing day. I will catch you next time. Adios. 
Thank you for listening to the Complete Wedding Photography for Couples podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time, and we hope that you learned something to make your wedding photographs better and your wedding day less stressful. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts so others just like you can set their wedding photographer up for success. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you again during the next episode.